This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, we are under one month away from the NFL Draft. Here at Saturday to Sunday, we are wire-to-wire coverage. We are concluding our Tear Buster series. If you have missed the last three episodes, we started with the 2023 quarterback tiers and rankings. Then we went to the 2023 running back tiers and rankings. And then the most recent episode, we dug into the deep wide receiver class and gave you the wide receiver tiers and rankings. And tonight, it'll be a little bit more of a mini episode. We we look into the 2023 tight end tiers and ranking show uh, one of the deeper and stronger tight end classes since we've been doing Saturday to Sunday. Really interesting. Let me first, as I've done in each of the last few episodes, let me uh, share for anybody watching on YouTube what our tiers look like in terms of the different tiers. So at the tight end position, let me bring it up. Here is our tight end tiers. Tier one is made up of guys we consider first or early second round selections in the NFL draft when they're late one to second round dynasty rookie picks. Obviously, tight end premium, they get pushed up definitely probably into, you know, late round one, early round two, non-tight end premium, maybe more of late round two. It all depends on how extreme the tight end premium is. If it's really heavy tight end premium, you're, you're talking about maybe being pushed all the way into the top five or top six of rookie picks. Uh, capability to be a complete tight end or create mismatches regularly as a pass catcher. Uh, tier two is a mid round two to through round three selection in the NFL draft. We think they're mid late round two to mid round three dynasty rookie pick. If they're a receiving tight end, they possess several average to above average traits to contribute immediately to the passing game and be at least adequate as a blocker or displays at least adequate receiving and very good to great blocking capabilities. Tier three, these are guys we think are round four, round five selections. Late round three to round four dynasty rookie picks if they're a receiving tight end. Possess several average traits to contribute in the passing game or at least adequate as a blocker or displays at least adequate receiving and above average to good blocking capabilities. And then tier four are our late round, round six, round seven to UDFA selections. Uh, late round watch list dynasty rookie picks. Depth player possess some average traits that can contribute to a team's passing and their running game. Uh, guys that maybe could develop into be, you know, tight end threes, maybe some develop into tight end twos, uh, but a little bit more development needed if they're late round or priority free agent. So let's kind of jump right into it because there is a lot to discuss with these tight ends. Tier one for me is made up of four guys. It is the guys that we've heard a lot about in terms of guys that could warrant going on round one. It's Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. He is my Overall, number one tight end in this class. The combination of size, frame, athleticism, blocking capabilities, three down capabilities. I really like Luke Musgrave. I think the ceiling is George Kittle. Is it hard to get there? Of course it is. But I think that could be the ceiling outcome for a guy like Luke Musgrave. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Pass catching ability. Really good pass catcher. I've heard a lot of comps to a guy like Zach Ertz. I think he's more athletic than a guy like Zach Ertz. But the interesting part is he's not, he doesn't, 
have the athlete, that athletic profile of Kyle Pitts or Evan Ingram. So it is a little bit interesting to see him as highly regarded in major draft circles. Uh, just because usually pass catching only type tight ends usually have a very good to great athletic profile. I think Kincaid is a good athlete, but not that very good slash great, which we usually see for these guys if they're going to go round one. Uh, Darnell Washington out of Georgia, obviously the size, the athleticism, the upside. You know, he's like another offensive tackle in terms of his blocking capabilities. He's a mismatch in terms of the six foot seven, the wingspan, the catch radius, using his body at the catch point. A lot to like about Darnell Washington, just scratching the surface on his untapped upside, his pass catching ability because of that Georgia offense being loaded and Brock Bowers being the best tight end in the country. Uh, and the Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame is my number fourth guy. Again, I think some people might look at this and, and be surprised to see him there. Listen, I think the thing with Michael Mayer is when I first watched him, I thought he was a combination of part TJ Hawkinson, you know, part Cole Komet. And then as I watched more and more of him, and as I watched him in, in comparison to Musgrave, Kincaid, and Darnell Washington, I continued to come away that I think his athleticism is just average, maybe above average if, if we're being a little bit generous in some capacity. Uh, I think he's more in the Pat Fryermuth. Cole Komet group than TJ Hawkinson and Cole Komet. So if he's in that Friar mood to Cole Komet, he's a good player. I think even Warren's maybe going late round one to early round two in this draft class. But I do think compared to the other guys, there's less upside with him. Maybe there's a higher ceiling. Maybe he's got the highest ceiling of any of these guys to be a good tight end. I just don't know if he's got the athletic ability to be a great tight end uh, in terms of his athleticism, pass catching ability. He's very good at the catch point. He's a good blocker. I don't think I don't think I'd classify him as a great blocker. I think I think people look at him and the size and the frame and think great blocker. I think he's an average to good blocker. I don't think he's a great blocker. So that's my tier one. I, I think I'm kind of set in that now in terms of my order, the only thing I could see is maybe switching Musgrave and Kincaid, but I think Darnell's locked in at three. Michael Mayer's locked in at number four. Uh you know, Musgrave is just not a lot of tape, right? He's been hurt. He hasn't been a, a big part. It's a lot of projecting there. While Kincaid on the flip side, you know, we have tons of evidence of him being a really good pass catcher uh, at the college game. But I, I do think if I'm, if I'm shooting for a straight upside here, I think I like Musgrave and the complete package that he brings, the athletic profile that he brings uh, really, really intrigues me. Tier two for me is made up of Sam Laporta and Tucker Craft. I think those guys are locked in day two picks. I think we have six guys locked into the, the first three rounds. I wouldn't even be surprised if one or two more get in there. Uh, but I think six guys are locked in. Sam Laporta, really good athlete, uh, tough, physical, uh, good route runner, can attack the seam, showed a lot of upside and athletic ability that maybe some people weren't giving him credit for. And he's done a good job in the pre-draft process here, kind of, uh, and late in the season, showing people that there's a lot of that, uh, athleticism and upside to his complete game. And then Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State, while he's not the level of prospect Dallas Goddard was coming out of South Dakota State, I don't think he's that far off in terms of his size, his frames, athleticism, his blocking ability, his ball skills. A lot to like about Tucker Craft. Tier 3 is really where it gets interesting because these are guys, you know, who... Could be somewhere in that round four, round five. I think some of them might sneak in 
uh, to round three for sure. And I think if, if we're talking about some tier jumpers here, I think there's a bunch of names in this mix who could be. So let me start at the top of my tier three. It's Brenton Strange out of Penn State. It's Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan. It's Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. Cameron Latou out of Alabama. Davis Allen out of Clemson. Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Will Mallory out of Miami. And Payne Dorham out of Purdue. These are all guys who I really do think that in a different year, these guys would have been really intriguing. You know, some of these guys are going to go round five. Guys like, you know, Payne Dorham, really good, reliable player. He's going to create separation with his size and his frame and his technique because he's not much of an athlete, but really good ball skills, catches everything, good blocker, good effort. Will Mallory had a great combine, pass catching weapon, uh, good athlete. He's going to be a guy that goes round four, round five, and and a team looks at him as exclusively you know a second tight end in terms of a pass catching role. Josh Wiley, really good athleticism and upside. He's going to be another guy that intrigues teams in round four, round five. Davis Allen out of Clemson. The, the reviews about Davis Allen are really high. Good blocker, good pass catcher. A lot to like about Davis Allen. Cameron Latou out of Alabama, the athleticism, the ball skills, another guy that in a different offense might have produced more. And then the guys, the three at the top who I left, and I went this order purposefully, would be the guys that I think, I think we're going to see more than six go in the first three rounds. I think there's a real chance that Brenton Strange out of Penn State goes in the in the round three. I think there's a good chance that Luke Schoonmaker goes in round three. And I think there's a outside chance that late round three we see a guy like Zach Hunt out of Old Dominion go I think those guys really intriguing players uh Brenton Strange is a guy who's been generating a little bit more buzz but we're talking about a guy average size and frame but he's got above average athleticism movement skills quickness and speed he's got good toughness and physicality you see it in his route you see it after the catch and you see his willingness as a blocker average receiving production uh move tight end or h bot or h back you know Almost 6'4", 253, interesting player. I think there's a, I think teams are going to look at him. I think there's a lot of different things you can do uh, with Brenton Strange. So he's a guy that intrigues me. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker had a great uh, pro day. He started this year, as many people thought, just a blocking tight end. But he kind of has materialized into a complete player. Very good size, uh, average frame, above average athleticism, movement skills, and speed. He's got quickness. He's got good physicality and toughness to hold the point of attack. He's got good blocking skills. The receiving skills are, are functional. He's got ball skills and body control. It's a really interesting player there. Luke Schoonmaker is another guy who I think could come off the board uh, somewhere late round three, if not definitely early part of round four. And then the other guy, Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion, formerly out of Penn State, rare size, needs to add a little bit more to his frame because he's six foot seven, but he's got it, he's got the frame up 255 and he could even add a little bit more on. Great athlete, movement skills, quickness and speed. He's got great length and catch radius, the ability to high point, above average to good ball skills, can attack the seam, be a red zone threat. So a lot to like about Zach Kuntz's game. The athletic testing I think is going to have him squarely on teams radars in that late round three early day three mix so I think Shoemaker uh, Strange and Kuntz are the guys that really are intriguing after the top six if you told me we have nine tight ends go in in the top 100 I, I wouldn't be surprised I've heard people say they think there's 11 or 12 starting tight ends I, I totally could see that I just rattled off nine guys 
And then you still have guys like Davis Allen could become a starter, Cameron Latou, Josh Wiley, Peyton Dorham in the the right scheme. So there's a lot of guys there. So yeah, I think we are going to have maybe anywhere between 9 and 12 guys become starters from this. I think 6 to 9 are almost locks. So really strong class. Uh, it's going to be fun to kind of see where these guys come off the board. And then tier four is made up of uh, Travis Volkolik at Nebraska, Noah Gindorf out of North Dakota State, Blake Whitehart out of Wake Forest, Kyle Patterson out of Air Force, and Leonard Taylor out of Cincinnati. Uh, I think Blake Whitehurst, uh, Whitehart would be the guy who intrigues me the most from that group. Uh, average size and frame, average athleticism and movement skills, but he's got good hands, he's got ball skills, he's got body control to create late separation. Uh, to win at the catch point. He's got good blocking skills and techniques. I think he could be a depth inline or detached tight end or even an H-back. So he'd be someone in the late rounds there. Here's the thing, though. My tier three was really, really large. That My tier three w- was large in terms of those guys from Strange all the way to Payne Dorm. Some of these guys are going to fall. Some of these guys are going to end up going in round six. I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I don't think we're going to see fifteen tight ends go in the first, you know, five rounds. So some of these guys might get pushed to round six or round seven. I do think there's a real chance that we see close to twenty tight ends drafted in this class. You know, if it's if sixteen, seventeen, I think are locks. Uh, you know, and, and it's a really strong class. I think I think it's got three or four guys who are going to go in round one, a couple who are going to go in round two, a couple who are going to go in round three, a whole bunch that are going to go in round four, round five that are all really intriguing players. I think you're going to see teams grabbing tight ends who don't even really need one just because the the depth of it and the upside. Like, you look at a team like the Giants, right? They took Daniel Bellinger early round four last year. They traded for Daniel uh, Darren Waller in free agency. I could still see them being interested in one of these tight ends in that round four to round six range. And if a guy like Payne Dorham falls or, or, or Davis Allen or Cameron Latou, like, I could see them adding another guy to the mix there with Bellinger and with Waller, especially if they're really going to use Waller as a receiving option mostly. They might want another more complete tight end there as as well. Really strong, strong class. If I was going to think about guys who could jump up tiers, if I was going to put one guy from tier two who could be a tier one guy, I would probably say Sam Laporta, uh, but I don't see Laporta or Tucker Craft moving into round one, but I think Laporta or Tucker Craft, both of those guys are not that far off the tier one guys. Uh, and I, I talked about the, the guys in tier three that really intrigued me. It's Brenton Strange, it's Luke Schoonmaker, it's Zach Koontz. Those are the guys that could jump up and be definitively round three type selections early to mid round three. It wouldn't stun me if Strange, Shoemaker, or Koontz go higher than we expect. Uh, so those would be the guys that I think could make a tier jump from tier three into the tier two mix. Uh, you know, and then I talked about Blake Whitehart as the guy who intrigues me most in the tier four group there of the tight ends. I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how this tight end uh, draft kind of comes to fruition. Do we get three or four in round one? That's all we've been hearing. You, every mock we look at has three or four going round one. It's a large number. I think something's going to be wrong, right? Either we're not going to get as many tight ends or we're not going to get as many wide receivers. Both can't be true. 
Uh, it just can't. I, you know, while it would be amazing for the fantasy and the dynasty rookie draft community, we're just, I'll keep saying it, we're not getting four tight ends and four or five wide receivers plus four quarterbacks plus B. John. So something's going to be right, something's going to be wrong, or something's going to be partially right. Instead of four tight ends, maybe it's going to be three tight ends and three wide receivers, but it's not going to be four and four or four and five. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see, and if, if, if any do fall out of round one, how far into round two do they fall? If Michael Mayer falls, are we talking about one of the first picks in round two? Or does he fall a little bit? If Darnell Washington doesn't go in round one, who pulls the trigger on Darnell Washington in round two? Same thing with, you know, Dalton Kincaid or Luke Musgrave. If a team prefers Darnell Washington or Michael Mayer, and those are the first two tight ends taken, and Musgrave and Kincaid are there, how far do they fall, right? We saw, you know, last year, some guys we thought maybe were going to go a little bit higher at the tight end position fall, but those guys weren't generating a lot of round one buzz. These guys have been generating round round one buzz for the entire pre-draft process, so I think it's going to be fun to kind of see how this plays itself out. I love talking this tight end group. Usually the tight end is very... Boring to discuss. I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, bringing someone else on to share their opinions. I think it's a very unique tight end class. A lot of different takes, a lot of different opinions. Uh, It's fun to pick other people's brains in the industry and learn from them and hear their takes because I do think that's part of the, the, the love of doing this, right? How unique it is, how many different takes there are. There's a lot to kind of... Uh, digest and talk through here. So I look forward to the next month bringing people on, picking their brain on these players, not just the tight end position, but the quarterbacks, the running backs, wide receivers as well. If you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website, SS Football, fastest and easiest way to get there. Check out the premium content tab, and for $9.99, you get access to all three of our premium notebooks. You get the 2023 scouting notebook, almost 100 detailed player profiles, uh, strengths, functional areas, developmental areas, how they win, NFL role, scheme fit, fantasy spin. Uh, you get the rankings notebook. It has all our different draft rankings. It has our tier rankings. It has our dynasty rookie rankings right after the draft. It has our Devi rankings. So all our rankings can be found there and it has our positional uh, dynasty rankings there as well for people who are in regular dynasty leagues. Uh, and then in April, a week or two before the draft, you get access to the draft projections notebook. Uh, as Matt used to call it, the, the TV guide slash Bible of draft weekend. Uh, over 400 players in there, separated by position, offense and defense, a snapshot of how they win and their developmental areas, combine measurements and athletic testing, Sorted by everything we are hearing, listening, and reading, trying to project how it's going to come off the board at each position. And then a tab projecting the guys that we think are going to be the first 32 picks taken. A tab projecting the guys that we think are going to be everybody taking the first three rounds. And then another tab by position uh, projecting how we expect it to come off the board every single pick. We've had a tremendous amount of success with our draft projections notebook. Uh, so you get all of it for $9.99, guys. It is the best way to support the show. If you've purchased it in the past, we greatly hope that you consider purchasing it again. If you've never purchased it, but you've been a longtime listener, or maybe you're new to Saturday, Sunday, and just started listening, we hope you consider purchasing it. It's $9.99. It's one fee. You get tremendous amount of material just for $9.99, and it really is the lifeblood of what helps us continue to do what we're doing here. We don't ever want to think about having to put the podcast or anything behind a paywall. Uh, you know, we really want to continue to do what we do here, but we do need, you know, some sales of the notebooks to kind of help maintain 
you know, our subscription server fees and everything else that we do here at Saturday to Sunday. So we hope that you consider checking it out. If you cannot, please, at least wherever you listen to the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Get over to our YouTube channel, uh, smash the subscribe button, at least so you're notified when we're recording the podcast. Uh, and you could also check out our podcast there as well. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs>